This is Naturally Strong, the show that helps you use your powers for good. I'm your host, Cameron Nelson. In today's episode, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the history of the VIA Institute. With me today is... Katie Cowley. Jenna Christensen. And Emma Power. So great to have you guys here today. Emma's going to kick us off by telling us about positive psychology. Yeah, so we're going to talk a lot about positive psychology on this show, since that's what the Center for Wellbeing is all about. So we figured we should probably tell you guys what positive psychology is. So I have a question for all of my co-hosts. What is your personal definition of positive psychology? Like, if people are like, what is positive psychology in an elevator or something? Like, what's your short little definition that you give them? I, for one, always tell people that normal therapy focuses on fixing what's bad about you. Like, oh, you have this problem. Let's have you stop having that problem. But positive psychology is saying, hey, you're doing these things really well. Let's work on developing those. And in doing so, it'll help you with the things that are going wrong. Yeah, that sounds like a great definition. Anybody else have anything to add? No, I really feel like that actually pretty well sums it up. It. <laughs> it really is. You nailed it. I'm going to add one thing. So it's not just about individuals and their strengths and using those strengths to overcome challenges and to savor more deeply the positive things in their lives. It also expands out to institutions, organizations, communities. Mm-hmm. They also can have positive um, practices, policies, procedures, those kinds of things. So it's not just about the individual. It's actually mm-hmm. about any group of people and how to use the best things about the group. Thanks for adding that. You're welcome. So the formal beginning of what we call positive psychology starts in 1998 when this dude named Martin Seligman was elected president of the APA, which is American Psychological Association. So he was trying to figure out like what he wanted his uh, career as their president to be like and what he wanted his legacy to be. And one day, Martin and his daughter, Nikki, were working in their garden. And all of a sudden, Nikki was like, Dad, do you remember before my fifth birthday, from the time I was three to the time I was five, I was a whiner. I whined every day. And when I turned five, I decided not to whine anymore. That was the hardest thing I've ever done. And if I can stop whining, you can stop being such a grouch. <laughs> Great story. It is a, it's so funny. So Seligman called this his epiphany because psychology before then was very focused on what's wrong with you, how can we fix it? But this experience of, of Nikki's epiphany made Seligman wonder, what sources of strength are people drawing on? Like, what helps people be successful and what helps people grow. And so much of Martin Seligman's career has focused on positive psychology and a bunch of other scientists, including us, have joined that field. And the formal official definition that a lot of us use for positive psychology is the science of optimal human functioning. So during his career, Seligman was one of the chief researchers who created character strengths and the taxonomy of character strengths that we use at the Center for Well-Being. So Seligman and his co-researchers wanted to create a way of cataloging human character strengths and the things that people do well and help them flourish. 
So what Seligman and his co-researchers did was they did a lot of research on how various individuals, cultures, and organizations were defining and cataloging strengths. So like the Boy Scouts, Ben Franklin, Charlemagne, ancient Greek and Roman philosophers, ancient Asian emperors, Star Trek, like that kind of thing. Like how are these people cataloging, classifying strengths? And then they got rid of all the duplicates and they established a set of criteria to kind of narrow down what actually counted as a quote-unquote character strength. And there were a lot of criteria, but the criteria boil down into three main points for what constitutes a character strength. So one, strengths must reflect our personal identity, like who are you? They must produce positive outcomes for ourselves and others. Like being super manipulative can't really be a character strength because that's not, that's not good for other people. And lastly, strengths must contribute to the collective good. And when all of that boiling down was done, that left us with our current character strength system. And Katie is going to tell us more about that system. Okay, so the system we use is called the VIA survey. VIA used to stand for values and action, but now it is just the word VIA meaning path. There are 24 strengths in the VIA. Each fits into one of six categories, what we also refer to as virtues. So virtues were decided on just like the strengths were. So using literature and research to see what virtues were valued across cultures as well as time. So the six virtues we use to categorize strengths are courage, justice, humanity, temperance, transcendence, and wisdom. And within those virtues, so under courage, are bravery, persistence, honesty, and zest. Under the virtue of justice are teamwork, fairness, and leadership. Under the virtue of humanity are love, kindness, and social intelligence. Temperance contains forgiveness, humility, prudence, and self-regulation. Transcendence includes appreciation of beauty and excellence, gratitude, hope, humor, and spirituality. And the final virtue is wisdom, which contains creativity, curiosity, judgment, love of learning, and perspective. So my question for you guys is, do you have more of one virtue in your top five than any other? I actually, my uh, top two character strengths are both from transcendence. I have appreciation of beauty and excellence and then humor. And then uh, after that, I have two in wisdom. I have um, love of learning and judgment. So my top five is really biased toward those two virtues. Okay. Mine are as well. Almost all of mine are in wisdom and I have one in transcendence. You have humor and transcendence, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. And all on curiosity, creativity, and love of learning. wisdom. Nice. Wise guy. Wise guy. (laughs) What about you, Dr. K? I have bravery and honesty, which is courage, and then I have judgment and love of learning, which is wisdom. Mm -hmm. So I have two in each of those, and then love, which is humanity. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's not right. Spirituality, which is transcendence. So I have two of courage, two of wisdom, one transcendence. Nice. Katie, what about you? So I have three in transcendence. I have humor, spirituality, and gratitude. Those are all transcendent. You're a transcendent person. That's awesome. Yeah. Just over here rising above. I don't know. (laughs) Trying to (laughs) mentally. (laughs) And then um, I'm trying to think. I have 
then judgment and prudence. So judgment is in wisdom, and then prudence is in temperance. So yeah, nice. Yeah. So Jenna, how do our strengths work? So we have what are called signature strengths, and these are the ones that we lean on the most. Uh, the VIA survey, if you take it, will give you your top five, and most of us use our top five pretty much all the time. Those are mm -hmm. our go-tos, but technically mm -hmm. you have four to seven signature strengths, um, and some would even say like up to the top ten really is a better example of what encompasses your strengths. Um, but to, to okay. determine your strengths, uh, you look through your top 10 and think, is this a character strength central to who I am as a person? Is it energizing and natural for me to use this strength? And if the answer is yes, then it is one of your signature strengths. So a uh, quick question on this one. After taking the VIA, what was the first thing you read after you looked at your top five? The bottom one. <laughs> <laughs> what am I screwing up on? <laughs> Yeah, what am I terrible at? Right? I'm not doing well. <laughs> I have yet, too, to have anyone I know that's taken it that didn't immediately go to the bottom mm -hmm. <laughs> and look at what we're worst at. Um, and although we might want to go to the bottom and try to strengthen those character strengths, uh, bringing them a little higher in rank, uh, but then where do you go with your other strengths? And Really, we can only improve what we're bad at marginally, mm -hmm. but what we're good at, we can improve on exponentially. Mm -hmm. So bottom strengths are still strengths, but you're just not using them as much. And it's okay to want to work on them and fix them and bring them up, and they will change over time. Um, but the focus is really in our strengths and our signature strengths. Mm -hmm. And you can't really... You can't really bring up a bottom strength without scooching a top strength out of the way. And so it's kind of just an endless cycle. There's always going to be something yep, at the bottom. something's always going to fall out. And Absolutely. you might get really attached to your signature strengths. Like people and if get, they fall out? <laughs> you get very upset. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> so, uh, question for you ladies again. What is your bottom strength and how do you feel about it being on the bottom? My bottom strength... Um, my bottom two actually are social intelligence and teamwork, which I always say that makes sense because I was homeschooled, but <laughs> I used to be really upset about it being on the bottom, but then I just realized that I kind of prioritize my judgment. So judgment means critical thinking. I kind of prioritize my critical thinking over being an equal member of a team. So like if the team isn't using their critical thinking, I'm going to use my critical thinking. Mm-hmm. So I, I do have strengths that I use in social settings. It's just not teamwork and social intelligence. <laughs> yeah, and, and you probably do use those when you have to, mm -hmm. right? We all use all of our 24 strengths. It's just when do you use them? How frequently do you use them? How natural are they to pick up and move forward with? So all of those things matter also. Mm -hmm. What's your bottom strength, Dr. K? I don't, I don't remember. know the bottom, bottom one. Whatever Jenna's is in her top five, that's in my bottom five. <laughs> right, yeah, we're opposites. <laughs> we are very opposite. So um, one of them is like creativity. Creativity is not high on my list. It's definitely near the bottom. But that's okay with me. Like I'm okay with creativity. 
I don't like reinventing the wheel. I would prefer to go, if somebody else has already done that, let me take it and then let me make adjustments so it fits me better. So that's not zero creativity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? But I don't want to start from scratch. That that does not interest me in any way, shape, or form. So I'm okay with creativity being low because I surround myself with people that have my bottom strengths mm-hmm. in their top five strengths. And so that's part of being in a team or an organization or a group that we capitalize on each other's strengths. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. You want people with diversity in their strengths. So I'm okay with it as long as I keep Jenna for as long as possible. Yeah. <laughs> My bottom strength is leadership, <laughs> which is fitting uh, because I have prudence and judgment in mind. So I like to really take my time to make sure I make the correct decisions. I am happy to reevaluate my opinion on things there's so many times I'll state my opinion and then I'm like you know what I have gathered more information and I no longer feel this way so leadership not great for me because you kind of just have to like you just gotta go with it and you're leading a large group of people and I don't want to be responsible (laughs) for failure over a large group of people so that makes sense for me, and I'm okay with that I don't like leading I really don't like I can if it's necessary but I don't enjoy it whatsoever. And that's that's good that you're content with that. You're like, yeah, this doesn't reflect who I am as a person, so I'm okay with it being at my bottom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna, what about you? Um, I'm wildly uncomfortable <laughs> with my bottom strength, which is honesty. Mm. And it, I just, I really dislike hurting people's feelings. Mm-hmm. And that so... I, I just don't like to give hard truths when people are, like, doing the thing that's wrong. or and I'm like, oh, we could work on that. Yeah. yeah Instead right. of maybe, you know, being as brutally honest as I should be. A little more direct. I, I tend to sugarcoat. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very aware of why it is in my bottom. I really wish it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But I work on that. I'm working on my people-pleasing. Um, but it is just a part of who I am. I care a lot about people's feelings. So that brings into question, how do we use our strengths properly? Like, what does that mean? So proper use of strengths um, is kind of this idea that there's an optimal zone for using strengths. So because strengths can be underused or overused, we can abuse the strengths, if you will, (laughs) and overuse them. Like, for example, like if you have honesty in your top five, I'm going to play off of Jenna a little bit and just do the opposite. If you have honesty in your top five, sometimes you might be too brutally honest and hurt someone's feelings. Like, like Dr. K. <laughs> in her top five. No shame, Dr. K. No shame. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. It does. It does. <laughs> so overusing, you know, if you're used, if something or a character strength is used too strongly for a given situation, underusing a character strength, you're not using it enough or at all. Like, period. And then the optimal zone, you're thriving. You're, it's like the perfect Goldilocks. Like, not too much, not too little, just right. So my question to you guys is, um, can you name one of your top five strengths in a way that you tend to overuse it or a way you tend to underuse it, as well as a way that you use it in the optimum zone? Hmm. Awesome. I'll do perseverance, because the perseverance, I think, in the overuse can be, like, stubbornness, and I don't let go when it's just, like, like you've done everything you can. There's nothing more you can do. Everybody else has quit. 
why are you still working on this? <laughs> and sometimes that's beneficial, right? If, it, if I keep it in the optimal zone, I'm like, really, we just need two or three more things. Like, I'm going to keep doing that until I get there. It's probably one of the reasons that I have a doctorate, right? Instead of just like, I'm, no, I'm done, right? But I can go too far and push way longer than I need to. So that's overusing it. I don't know that I ever entered it. <laughs> I, I can't come up with an example for that one. I mean, I think that's why you're very successful and you have, like, multiple businesses and do so many things. I don't know how you mentally handle it. Yeah. I have a child who accused me of being a workaholic. Mm, how dare But she's they. probably right. Like, that's perseverance. <laughs> I keep going and keep going. So, you know, perseverance, overuse, could be a workaholic. Okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else? I have, so my number five is fairness. It used to be number two, but it, it moved around a little bit. But I tend to um, overuse my fairness for others and thus underuse it for myself. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll totally answer student emails at 10 p.m. on a weekend because I'm trying to be fair to these students who are freaking out over their assignments. But also, I should go to sleep at 10 p.m. on a weekend. Like, I enjoy being asleep right then. Or, um, like, if someone says something, like, maybe a little bit, like, you're, I'm not sure if that was mean or not, but I'm going to be fair to them and give them the benefit of the doubt, but in reality, they may have actually been mean to me. Right. And so, fairness is kind of one of those delicate ones. I try to use it in my optimal zone, but I feel like that's probably going to be a, a lifelong journey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. And I've noticed that a lot of women tend to do the same thing with fairness. Not not all women, but I know a lot of women who kind of underuse their fairness against themselves. It really is. It has to work for you and me. Mm -hmm. And we often go, oh, as long as it works for you. Yeah, that's right. not that's not fairness, people. That's actually not fairness. Yeah. It's also maybe work on setting boundaries, guys. <laughs> that's, that's a separate podcast. <laughs> <laughs> boundaries. We know I love a good boundary. <laughs> Gotta love those boundaries. What about you, Katie? Um, I would say prudence. Um, when I overuse prudence, so, like, you know, being very careful about the choices I make, the things that I say, like, what I choose to do, um, I can kind of, if I overuse prudence, get kind of frozen, and mm -hmm. I just don't do anything. So, overuse prudence in a conversation, and I just don't say anything, and just kind of nod along, because I'm like, I don't know how you're going to react, and I'm not going to be responsible for an explosion or hurt mm -hmm. feelings or whatever it may be. But then sometimes I have these moments where my prudence just goes in the bottom five, apparently. Out the window. <laughs> and I just, the filter comes right off. <laughs> and we just say things and I go, oh my, why did I just say that or do that? So um, those are pretty clear ways. And then, of course, like using it in the optimal zone, just being cautious but still like maybe tapping into bravery a little bit too mm -hmm. and just like being like no I'm you know I think I, this does need to be said mm -hmm. even though it's kind of hard and it might be hard to kind of swallow for the individual like I'm gonna go ahead and say this or something like that or yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to add something actually as you were talking I realized that there are times when I underuse my perseverance because I choose not to engage in a particular activity that I probably should or could to move things forward in different ways, but I don't feel confident enough 
or don't feel like I have the skills or it's going to take too long and I've got other priorities right now instead of actually going, okay, you can take one step on this one project. And, and, and I just don't. Like if I have, I'll avoid, like there are things that I will do to just not start. Mm-hmm. I think that would be an underuse of perseverance. Mm-hmm. Right in those beginning stages. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. So, so that's why I probably don't think I, I never underuse it, right? Because I just don't start it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's probably an underuse of perseverance. Yeah. yeah. Good point. yeah. I'm, glad, you, I'm glad you came back to it because that was me a really too. good insight. Yeah. Um, and thanks for helping me find that insight because <laughs> what you guys shared helped me to get there. So thanks. Yay. Um, I find that overlap between curiosity and love of learning really interesting because mm-hmm. it, it gives me this like honey badger need to know all of the things so I'm just like constantly digging but the overuse of it would probably be like um, obsession obsession maybe maybe like doom scrolling even though if I'm on something that I find interesting like I can't disengage because I just have to know more about it Mm -hmm. and then the underuse of it would be like oh well I already learned that so that's boring and I want to move on to the next thing when really there's probably something of value I could have gotten from like further investigating this thing, but my curiosity got the better of me. And I was like, nope, next thing. We're going to squirrel out. <laughs> Just go on to the next. So it's great and it's wonderful and it gives me lots of opportunities to learn things. But yeah, it's delicate. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to be balanced. Yes. Yeah. So Jenna, what are domains when we're talking about character strengths? Um, So we talk about life domains in science of character strengths, and domains are areas we use them like life is our work schedule and leisure and social interactions, whether that's romantic or plutonic. Um, And we use domains because everyone uses their strengths differently across those domains and maybe uses different strengths altogether in different domains. Uh, For example, critical thinking would work really well at work. And honesty, um, again, careful one, but (laughs) in social situations, you're going to be needing that. And zest for your leisure, finding the things that really inspire you. But maybe zest isn't in your top 10 even normally, but when it comes to certain activities, like you finally find the zest for it. Mm -hmm. So another question. Uh, Discuss a strength that you tend to use in different ways across the three domains. That's a good one. I have my, so my top strength is appreciation of beauty and excellence, which it sounds complicated, but it's just appreciating beautiful things, excellent things, things that I find cool, just really finding joy in those things. And um, I love using it in all kinds of domains, like in my leisure domains. Um, I love like going for walks or like reading cool books or like uh, maybe doing some art, not Nothing cool or fancy like Jenna, but um, just finding those beautiful, excellent things to interact with and create. And um, I also use my appreciation of beauty and excellence in my work slash school domains, which are kind of the same domain for me, because it motivates me to do well in the things that I do at work and school. Like, I want to create work that I can appreciate. Like, I want to write a really good paper and then appreciate the excellence of it. I know that sounds super nerdy, but we've established that that is me. And in my social domain, I've really been trying to use appreciation of beauty and excellence on people 
to make me like less judgmental and more kind-hearted and fair towards them. Like peop all people have certain annoying aspects to them, but I think a lot of people also have really beautiful and excellent aspects that you should appreciate. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I'm thinking about my spirituality and um, when I think of the work that I do, uh, like on campus, like because it's a state school, there's, you know, the separation of church and state and things like that. So I often keep my spirituality, both my like religiosity parts of spirituality kind of um, guarded. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not always apparent that that's a part of who I am and how much that's a, a critical, essential part of who I am. Um, but then when I find other people on campus that I know also have those levels of, of spirituality and religiosity, then I can open up. And that transfers over to my social life as well. Like there are a certain group of people, we just don't talk about those kinds of things. But then there's a definite part of my life that is connected to individuals that do have those things as part of their life. And so it, it alters depending on who who is it is that I'm talking with socially. Mm -hmm. um, and then leisure, I mean, for me, when I have free time, it can be around service, which I think is a part of spirituality, serving others. Mm -hmm. And so that happens in my leisure time. I want to take a portion of non-dedicated time and give that time to others. And that comes from my spirituality. That's like your spirituality and your love, like <coughs> holding hands and being besties. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the besties. <laughs> what about you, Katie? Um, I would probably say gratitude. Gratitude really pulls me out of like a lot of negative thinking. Because um, I think when we're, we're so used to things like, I mean, we've been in school for a really long time. I know we talk about that and we get so burnt out and so like showing up is just like, oh my gosh. But it's like, we can just like see it for what it is and the opportunity that it is and that it's, we've all worked really hard to be where we are. And just being thankful that we even get the opportunity to go to school mm -hmm. and that we get to be in this career field. Like, it's amazing. And to, like, you know, 10 years ago, <laughs> I told myself this is where I'd be, probably wouldn't have believed my future <laughs> self. So just being thankful um, in with school and, like, work in that aspect. And then, of course, like, I know we talk a lot. Like, family can be hard. Like, family's mm -hmm. wonderful, but it can be hard. Like, relationships are difficult. Like, you, you have to make stuff work with people. You have to put in the effort. And so sometimes, like, just seeing the situation with, like, silver linings. So mm -hmm. maybe, you know, relationship hasn't always been great with someone, but, you know, it's, oh, now it's gotten to a place that's, it's the best it's ever been. Like, seeing that and being grateful for that instead of looking back on all, like, the, the negative history of a relationship and just, you know, taking that at face value. Like, just just being really grateful. I think it really pulls me out of negative thinking and brings me mm -hmm. back down to earth. God. What about you, Jenna? How do you <clears throat> use a strength differently? I was, I was actually thinking about one of my bottom strengths Ooh. for this. Mm -hmm. um, humility. Uh, when it comes to my artwork, I am actually very humble and don't promote it like too humble <laughs> oh yeah and I think I I overuse humility in that space um but I think that comes from just understanding that like there's all kinds of forms of art and it's not for everybody and so I just don't want to like push that onto people mm -hmm. um but at school I have no problem and at work no problem like 
talking about what I know or uh, this theory or how I feel or interacting. Like, that's not a space we're using. And socially, not really, like, amongst friends and people. Like, I can be, but it's not really necessary. Just get to be yourself. So, like, that dial changes a lot Mm -hmm. depending on the situation. Um, And when I first started work as a therapist, it definitely, because of uh, incompetence, honestly, at that point, (laughs) and just, like, getting used to it, humility was dialed up way high. (laughs) Like, but as proficiency changes, that humility metric also changes. Yeah, so. Okay. So what can you do so that you can have these kind of conversations? How can you figure out what your top five character strengths are, how you overuse them, underuse them, how you use them across domains? Well, what we would like you to do is take the Via Character Strength survey, and you can do that on our website at naturallystrongmt.com. It also should be in the show notes, so you can click on that link, and it will take you to the Via Character Strength survey as well. So what I would like to ask you guys is what is a character strength intervention that helped you grow when you were new to character strengths? Do you remember an early on intervention? I remember when I was very, very new to character strengths, Dr. Nelson assigned us to try to use one of your signature strengths in a different way every day for like a week. And bravery is one of my signature strengths. It's number six, but... I'm not letting go of it. And so I tried, like, um, like talking to people or wearing an outfit I might not normally have the bravery to wear, like doing my makeup in a fun way, or just, like, these little things that weren't, like, big, earth-shattering, brave events. Like, I didn't go bungee jumping, but it was still, like, finding the nuances of bravery and what bravery means to me. And so if you, if you just want to pick one of your top five and be like, how can I use this today? How can I use this tomorrow? I find that that really helped me. Awesome. Um, my favorite intervention, and probably always will be, is to track to strength. Mm-hmm. It just, without some of my strengths, particularly creativity, I feel like a shell of a human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. if I didn't have that, it's such a huge part of who I am, and I use it all day, every day. So to take it away is devastating. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know how much I leaned on it until we did the intervention, like your character strength interventions. And man. So what is subtract a strength? People. It, you catalog over, you know, like a week or so. Imagine your day as if you didn't have that strength. Take every opportunity and thing you did that day and remove the strength from it. And like, what is the meaning of that day? What does it look like for you to not have that in your toolkit? And. It just kind of helps you be aware of how often you're really employing that strength. Mm. That is also my favorite character (laughs) strength intervention because it does just make you realize like how empty life would actually feel and just not, not like your own life Mm -hmm. (laughs) without that, without when you're taking those strengths away. So like Jenna and I both have humor as our number one, like how dull (laughs) life would feel if you weren't using humor every day. And then, like, for me, too, like, spirituality is very important. So if I didn't have spirituality at my center, I'm like, I'd have no hope. I wouldn't be excited. I, like, anytime something bad would happen, I would fall into a bit of despair. I would have, like, I'd just be like, there's no plan. Like, nothing's going to work out. Like, no, like, spirituality, like, covers all of that for me. I'm like, I'm safe. I'm taken care of. Everything is going to be okay, even if 
doesn't seem like it right in this very moment. Like, and then like prudence, like we want to filter on me. Okay, everyone. <laughs> like, we, we want to filter, filter on me. Is good <laughs> this to, humor to subtract humor, like our conversations without Can laughter. Imagine? Can you imagine oh. this podcast if none of us had, <laughs> had humor in our top five? That would be awful. <laughs> yeah, no. This would be a like dry, a dry, crusty <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <Just>. For sure. <laughs> What about you, Dr. K, since you have so much expertise on character right. strength interventions? I actually like this one that Jenna was talking about across domains and really just discovering how you use a particular character strength across domains and really doing a deep dive into exploring that. It helped me to realize certain areas where I actually thought I was using a character strength, but the other people around me weren't, didn't see it, which meant I really was not expressing mm -hmm. it well. And so I learned a lot about, well, I know that this is a strength and I know I'm using it all the time and I needed to do it in a way that it was more obvious to others around me. That was really important. So I like that particular intervention. How are you actually using that strength across all these things? And is there a way that you need, or an area that you need to do that differently? So I love that mm -hmm. one. Nice. Okay. So... Last question. How did you use your powers for good this week? I have love of learning as my number three character strength. And it's just, I always use love of learning to get me through the semesters. Like, yeah, it's hard and assignments are sucky. And I'm on campus from like eight to three or eight to four every day. But I love the material that I'm learning. And I'm just so in love with this field that I've chosen. And I just try to like step back and be like, you don't actually hate this forever. You just hate it right now. So chill out, drink some water, have a snack, and get back to work. Um, I'm always trying to increase my perseverance. Love it. Because I need more of it. And this week I had a bunch of, um, uh, we'll call them like Mercury and Gatorade. <laughs> Mercury's in the microwave again. It's in the microwave again. A lot of kerfuffles going on. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm going to just need to suck it up and make the calls and chase down the leads and do the things I need to get everything straightened out. And I hate it. Just keep going. I just despise it. I don't like shaking things up or like having to be dogged in that kind of a way. And I was like, no, you need it this week. Like These things have to get done and deadlines have to be met and bills have to be paid and things have got to, you know, move forward. So and big girl pants. Got to put on those on. big girl pants <laughs> and, and use a little perseverance. I love wow. it. Yeah. What about you, Katie? Um, I, I guess I'll say hope. I think I used my hope and Hope used to be in the bottom for me. It has moved up quite a bit, Ooh. actually. The more I think that's like in tandem with spirituality, just like pulling that bad boy up. Like, come on, <laughs> you get the leave. You can have faith. Um, just like found some things out, some major changes, and like this week, and then just like overall, just being so sick this week, and just kind of just being like, you know what, everything's going to be okay. It's going to work out. So just having hope, like everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to, like, it's all good. For me, two things came up for me. One is spirituality um, and like really specific religious behaviors for me that I have not been doing well. So like, I, you know, we have talks, he and I do, um, but like, no, you need to get down on your knees in the morning 
and at night, and you need to make this less casual and more careful. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of that this week, and I haven't done it in a really long time. So it was good to, to use that again. And then the other thing is my self-regulation. Um, when I get stressed and I have a lot going on, I eat way too much sugar. Mm-hmm. And I made a commitment for three weeks that ended a week ago, and I just feel so good physically. And using my self-regulation, which is really low, to just keep not eat sugar. doing it. Like, okay, I have committed for another three weeks. And I'm just going to do three weeks. And every three weeks, I will just reassess and either recommit or not. Like, I don't know. But right now, I'm doing another three weeks because my body feels better. And I need my body to be better with everything that's going on. Today, we covered several areas, including defining positive psychology, the compilation of character strengths, the creation of the VIA survey, including virtues and character strengths, signature strengths, lower strengths, using strengths in the optimal zone and across life domains, and character strengths interventions. That's a lot of stuff. That was a lot of stuff. And so, like, great job, you guys. Really nicely done. I would like to end by talking about our sponsor. Naturally Strong is sponsored by the Center for Wellbeing. The Center for Wellbeing is a woman-led organization using research-based programs to provide awareness and education in fostering positivity and resilience. The staff at the Center for Wellbeing believe that creating authentic connections and community involvement are essential in empowering individuals to harness their unique strengths and flourish in all areas of life. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks to our co-hosts, Jenna, Katie, and Emma. And thank you for joining us during this informative discussion on the history of the VIA Institute. We hope the information was beneficial to you. As always, thanks for listening to Naturally Strong. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us and be sure to come back next time for a discussion on transcendence and how it relates to positive psychology. Until then, this is Cameron Nelson, and don't forget to use your powers for good. This podcast was created, produced, and recorded by Cameron and Rachel Nelson, researched by Emma Power, edited by Rachel Nelson, and marketed by Addie Nelson. Naturally Strong is a product of the Center for Wellbeing and is recorded in the vault at Rock 31.